The Toby Gribbon Show. Highlights. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Now we've got on the line Michael and Ashley Kramer and we're going to talk about their podcast Michael and Mum Talk Cancer. How are you both doing today? We're doing well. Thank you for asking. Yes. So happy to be with you. Thank you so much for having us. Very grateful. Now Ashley's husband, Michael's dad, died of large B-cell lymphoma in 2016 and in a crazy turn of events, Michael was diagnosed with a rare aggressive cancer four years later in July of 2020. But they've taken this devastating news and turned it into a kind of blessing by making shirts to raise money for bone marrow transplants, making rap videos to raise spirits, writing posts on social media to raise awareness about cancer, and of course, launching their podcast, Michael and Mom Talk Cancer. So whose invention was the podcast? So I think it was more of a a collaborative type of thing. I had heard about podcasts. I had friends who had done podcasts. And I had sent him a lot of podcasts to listen to. Yeah, we were always (laughs) listening to podcasts. And then it kind of came upon us like, why don't we do a podcast? We're going through a really life changing experience here. And I'm sure some people can learn from it. So we Mm. decided it could help people. It could bring awareness. And that's why we did it. We just were like, let's just do it. Yeah. And what's the feedback been like? Because presumably you have helped people who are going through a similar experience. Yeah. The feedback is, has been great. Yeah. yeah. It's been great. I'll say it's been beautiful. We know so many also of like Michael's doctors that have shared it with patients, people that have sent it to their relatives and other, we're in America, obviously you can hear our, yeah. our accents. Yeah. <laughs> People that have sent it to other people in different states and other countries and said, you have to listen to this because his journey, I mean, it's been a really interesting one. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's good or bad, but mm. it, ha- it has, there's been a lot for us to talk about, put it that way. Yeah. yeah. And, it's, and it's been relatable. It's been relatable, not just for people with cancer, but it's a really motivational, inspirational story. He's a really cool kid. Have you had any feedback from like mums and parents and- and family members as well because of course Ashley you're his mom and you're on the podcast so people can relate to your experience too definitely I think it's been really good for caregivers to relate to someone because of course all of our focus is on the patient as well it should be of course 
we yeah. want to focus on them, but I think sometimes it's good for the caregivers to get the perspective. And Michael actually leads a support group as well for cancer survivors. Yeah. And I lead one for cancer caregivers because we face it, we all need support, you yeah. know, but um, for the caregivers, I think it's been really great to hear from the, the two perspectives from Michael and from myself. Yeah. And you know what? Not the whole false positivity, but I think we do have a really positive outlook and I think it encourages people. Yeah, that's the thing with support groups and things, isn't it? Because you get to be part of a club that you never wanted to be a part of in the first place and make new friends. Exactly. There you go. You couldn't have said it better. He can relate to that for yeah, sure. You don't, want to, you don't want to be a part of the cancer club, but once you're a part of it, you kind of love it. Mm. Yeah. It's a, it's a weird thing, but um, it's great. But you have also made lifelong friends now. Yeah, the bonds I've made. Yeah. Um, they're crazy. They're, they're beautiful. Yeah. So when did you first realize that you were quite ill because I understand you maybe thought it could have been COVID first of all. Yeah, it was in 2020 when COVID had become this thing and we were all in quarantine and I was just tired and I was like, you know what? I'm just tired. No one's going out. I'm at home all day. We're not doing anything. Side note, he's yeah. he was, is surfer, sailor. And ironically, they closed the beaches here in Florida in Miami. Mm. So for this water kid, no, I, I thought he was like, ah, oh, he's bummed because he can't get to the beach. Yeah. Yeah. He's tired because it's kind of depressing. We're all stuck inside. But I'll let you but yeah, I was just feeling horrible. Like I, I was, the gym finally reopened around like, I'd say it was June. June. Yeah. And I went with my friends for the first time and oh, I was, I threw up and I never threw up in the gym. And I was really tired. I was like, you know, I need to leave. I'm so exhausted. Something's wrong with me. I was having night sweats and then I started to get fevers. And as soon as I got the fevers and I was, I was like, that's it. There's something wrong. This is not just me being tired because I'm home all the time. Yeah. I was not feeling like myself. I could not even keep up with my friends in the gym and I was the one who would push him. So something was wrong. Yeah. As soon as the fevers hit, we reached out to our family doctor. And she was like, oh, I think first we did it. I think we did a telemedicine just like this. And she was like, you look great, but you know what? Come in for a blood test. And I was like, oh, my God. And at that time, it was still really hard to get a COVID test, at least here in yeah. Miami. Like the lines to get a test. And I was like, I said, please test him for COVID. I just have this. I hope it's not that, but maybe and then he went in for a blood test and within two days she called me and she was like, I want you to take him today to go see a friend of mine that's a specialist. And Michael was 19. He's 21 now. He was 19. Said, but he's a pediatric specialist. I'm not sure if he'll take Michael. I'm going to call him right now. And I didn't, I was like, why are you in such a hurry today? I really thought, okay, if it's not COVID, maybe it's iron supplements, missing some vitamin, I don't know. But um, we went and they ended up doing it. He did a bone marrow biopsy and told us Michael had cancer. Yeah. And we were shocked. Yeah. Shocked yeah. as in the world. Like it hadn't even entered our minds yeah. that it was there. It was, yeah, it was unreal. It was surreal. Yeah. I was thinking that because, you know, if you find a lump or something, cancer is probably the first thing that pops in your mind. But any yeah. other symptom, you probably wouldn't even think about it. No, not at all. Not It was not even remotely on my mind. Mm. I had no idea what I thought was wrong with me. I thought I needed iron supplements that I was just... 
you know, tired and. Yeah. I mean, he was a healthy, like healthy eater, healthy kid, but I was like, well, maybe he's not getting, I'm a vegetarian. Maybe I'm not giving him enough meat. Maybe he needs Mm -hmm. more iron. We really were focused on that or COVID because COVID at that time too, everyone symptoms were so, well, still people Mm -hmm. have different symptoms. And I was like, well, it could be, maybe your symptoms are a little different than someone else's, but um, cancer. Yeah. It did not enter our minds. Mm -hmm. And when my husband was diagnosed, he was having, it was completely different. His mm. symptoms were so different. But it didn't come to my mind at all. Yeah. And how was it getting treated for cancer during COVID? Was it maybe disrupted at all? It was honestly a blessing in disguise because yeah. everyone was wearing masks. Everyone was careful. And when you're going through cancer treatment, you know, you're immunocompromised. Yeah. So you're, you're very like prone to infections and things. And I had to wear a mask and everyone was wearing a mask. And most people were isolated and I had to be isolated. So it kind of was a good thing. You know, of course, it made it difficult if I wanted to see my friends or have visitors in the hospital. That was always a pain. But it was a, it was not a bad thing at all. The only thing I say I, I missed out a lot on was, you know, in the hospital, sometimes they have like events where mm. you meet other patients and you walk the halls and make some friends. And I really didn't do any of that when I was being treated. Yeah, that and that was a hard thing for, for me, too. I mean, I felt so alone. And because of COVID, they would only allow. We know people that were in adult hospitals. For, we we're so lucky Mike was in a pediatric hospital. But in adult hospitals that went through things and had to be all by themselves, at least in a pediatric hospital, they let me be with him. But his sister couldn't come. They only would allow two visitors at a time. So it'd be me and his his older brother could come. So it was very, it was a blessing in disguise. There wasn't a lot of FOMO. Yeah. <laughs> no one doing anything. But the the hard part was that we were so like doubly isolated, isolated from the cancer. And then we couldn't even meet people like in the halls or in the hospital and, yeah. and didn't have any visitors. That was hard. Yeah. Yeah. How does living with cancer compare? Compare to how you expected it to be. That is wow. That's that, a crazy. That's like, no what? one has ever asked that question. That was a good one. <laughs> so I, when I what I expected cancer to be was was totally different because I was 13, 14 years old, and I watched my dad go through chemotherapy. And for me, I saw him go from this guy who had a, a thick build, who was very strong, you know, muscular and in good shape. And then you know, I saw him go from that to super frail, extremely skinny, you know, looking somewhat deathly which was really scary and I would see him you know be nauseated and and sick and it was horrible to me and when I went through treatment it was different than I expected you know I actually gained weight because Mm. of medications like prednisone which are steroids that they give you and I had an increased appetite compared to what I thought and of course, I expected to lose my hair. I lost my hair. I expected to vomit. I vomited mm. and I ex- expected, you know, mouth sores and I had mouth sores. So it was different than I expected. But at the same time, I wasn't always feeling horrible. You know, you have your day. I thought I was always going to be feeling horrible, but I had days where I felt good and I had days where I felt horrible. You know, it's not very like one dimensional. You still get to have a life, really. Well, mm. no. <laughs> Not with my, not with my treatment. He had, he had a really. It was also different because I had a very intense treatment. Where it was short but very intense. Yes, I was. I would be admitted to the hospital for six days for chemo, and then go home for a week and a half, and then go back to six days for chemo. And uh, so, yeah, I was like in the hospital a lot, a lot. 
This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. And the difference, though, he only had three cycles of chemo, and then it was to get into a bone marrow transplant. So really to eradicate, like, his entire immune system in a very short time. So even though he didn't get as frail as my husband in one way, you were internally, but you were 21 or 19 at the time. And he was, you know, in his 50s. So there is that difference as well. Yeah, it's a it's a big difference being younger, you you handle it, of course, a lot differently. Yeah. And because you'd witnessed your father being ill before, does that make it scarier or actually help? A lot scarier. A lot. A lot scarier. But I feel like my experience was so much different and that I felt like I felt better than I thought I would like I was very with it mentally during everything and because I think his experience scared me so much that I stayed so positive and so did everything I could to I guess be okay even though there's nothing really you can do yeah. I kind of used that fear I had of, of seeing him go through that to push me to stay positive and continue with all my treatment yeah. well Patrice has his dad and my husband had um, large B-cell lymphoma and Michael had it's called hepatosplenic T-cell lymphoma so they're not related at all people ask this 
They're not genetic, not related. It's random. It was just something that happened. But when we were first told, when the doctor came in and said, okay, the bone marrow biopsy shows you have a form of leukemia. And he said, we're not quite sure what what kind, possibly lymphoma. And I remember when he said lymphoma, the two of us just like, I think like a shadow passed in front of us because of hearing the word lymphoma. Leukemia was scary enough, but hearing lymphoma was more scary because our, you know, his his dad didn't make it. But um, yeah, it was it was scary. But you, I think it also gave us like a drive, like a stronger drive to be like, okay, your dad showed us the way, and he showed us we're going to be there and even stronger. And Mm. not that he wasn't strong, but I don't know. It was kind of like doing it for him. Yeah, in a way. that's how I looked at it. It was yeah. more I like have to beat this for him to kind of redeem it, him in a way. Absolutely. What's the one thing about cancer or perhaps even your type of lymphoma that you wish more people knew? I mean, I wish there was a, a set protocol for it because there's really not. And it's very oftentimes misdiagnosed or diagnosed too late and people fail to get the proper treatment. And it's just so aggressive and it comes on so fast that it has a very poor prognosis. So most people pass away after, you know, the average eight lifespan with it is eight months. Wow. So, you know, I'm here um, <clears throat> two years since, but I'm very lucky and not a lot of people are the same way. I just wish there was more research to it. You know, there was more, you know. It's so hard because it's, it's hard. so many different cancers. So the cancer that Michael has, there's less than 200 documented cases. Yes. Yeah. So it's not a common cancer. Um, and as he said, I think that's one of the hard parts is so often it's misdiagnosed and Michael actually what probably saved his life is that when the doctor saw that he had some form of leukemia or lymphoma he didn't know what it was he started Michael on treatment before he knew what it was he said you know what most likely you're going to start well it was um, a steroid dexamethasone dexamethasone. and he said most likely on any protocol you're going to have dexamethasone and I'm going to go ahead and start you on it while we're waiting to figure out what it is. And that saved his life. I'm convinced because if they had waited, because it took actually three weeks to figure out what he had. Mm. And in those three weeks, we did see his health go down, but not probably like it would have if he hadn't been on the steroids. So we were very lucky. Yeah, yeah. we are. Yeah. Yeah. And based on the sort of early symptoms that you've described, I would maybe guess that a lot of people might not bother getting medical attention until it's maybe too late. Yeah, it's very true because it's just normal symptoms, you know. Night sweats, okay, I'm in Miami in summer and the sun comes down through my window so i sweat in the night when i wake up in the morning like you know it's Mm. normal things like that i got a fever i have an infection you know i'm tired everyone's tired you know things like that but you know i got medical attention because i know myself super well and i'm like you know i'm always i'm very i was very athletic and i am very athletic and i was like you know this is not me something is wrong because i'm used to doing so much and i was starting to do so little yeah and it's hard because you also don't want to scare people and say every time something small you have a fever don't think you have cancer you know you can freak people out but at the same time if you feel like something is wrong you have to pay attention yeah definitely what would you 
want to say to somebody who's maybe just been diagnosed, or even if you could go back in time and say something to yourself when you were diagnosed, what do you think it'd be? Honestly, I wouldn't. It's, it's a weird mm. thing to say, but I wouldn't say anything because I think that you become an expert and learn about everything you need to know when you go through it. Mm. There's nothing that can prepare you for the cancer treatment. And people ask me this question a lot. And it's hard because you don't want to like be like, oh, well, this is going to be horrible. This is going to happen. You kind of just have to roll with it and take every day as it is because yeah. you don't know what can happen with the treatment. One day you're going to feel okay. One day you're going to be vomiting. One day you're going to be unable to get out of bed. One day you're going to be in excruciating pain. I think if I knew all the things I was going to go through when I was first diagnosed, I would have been a lot more scared. Yeah. I think it's better to start off like, all right, well, just, we're just going to see what happens. So that's kind of what I would I would say to my old self. Wouldn't say anything. <laughs> I, I, I think that, but I think like what I share when I meet people that are going through a first diagnosis is, and it's the most trite thing and drives everyone crazy, but really to take it a day at a time, because as mm-hmm. Michael was saying, Like you just don't know what the next day is going to be. And also that everyone reacts so differently. And the biggest help for me was how much support and people reaching out to us. So I always am like, I'm here, reach out to us, reach out to Michael. I tell people all the time, if you want to talk or if you want to listen, reach out to us. It doesn't have to be about cancer. It could be about anything. If you need to cry, like, I feel like that has been one of our keys as we've had a lot of support, which has made us want to give it all back, which kind of where the podcast came from and our website and blog and everything, because we felt like we got a lot of love. And I think that that's what, when you're going through this, you don't always want to talk, but sometimes it's good to know there's people out there giving you support. Yeah. Yeah. And in terms of the podcast, do you think that as times went on, you've maybe became more honest about things? We've been honest since the beginning. We know a lot of people that are surprised at how much we've shared. It didn't happen. It didn't happen the day he was diagnosed. We told our story. But a couple months after um, I put a video out there, I just put together a video of Michael and some of his friends together. They had shaved their heads with Michael and people just reacted. So they were so kind. And I was like, you know what, Michael, let's document this. Let's share this because people are so inspired Mm. and so many people are reaching out to us. So we started sharing on social media a little bit and it just, it just happened very organically that we, but I feel like we've been very honest from the beginning um, about the story and his story has been interesting. So there's always new stuff to share. (laughs) Yeah. Well, what kind of stuff have you got coming up? Are there any episodes planned? Yes, we are planning an episode. We're doing one right now, actually. Uh We recorded it, but... Need to do a little editing. We need to do (laughs) editing, and maybe maybe we're going to re-record. But Mm. yes, we just talked about one about forgiving yourself. And loving yourself. Yeah. Yeah. The hard times that life has to offer. It's it's difficult to forgive yourself. And that's what we we talk about in that podcast. Yeah. Well, where are we able to find the podcast? And also keep up to date with all your social media stuff as well. Well, the the podcast is on Spotify. It is on Spotify. It is on Apple Podcasts. You can also, our website is michaelandmomtalkcancer.com. And there you can find blog, everything, the The shirts. The shirts. That we sell, but 
to make it. That's actually for the bone marrow transplant clinic. You can find the podcast. You, we've made some rap videos that are really funny. <laughs> you can find them on there on YouTube too, on YouTube as well. And Michael has a TikTok that's nah. great. Yeah, it's called uh yeah at yeah I surf. Yeah, nice. Yeah, and the, the Instagram is um Michael R E I D Reed Kramer C R A M E R Michael Reed Kramer. That's my Instagram. Yes. If in case you were wondering. Excellent. Well, many thanks to both of you for coming on the show today. Uh, of course. Thank you for so having sweet. us. Thank you so much for having yeah, us. Thank you're you so awesome. Much. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, man. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. The throbbing pulse of sound, the Toby Gribbon Show.